Welcome back, everybody. It is another episode of The Pickup. I am your host, Jonathan. I'm with two of my co-hosts, Dan and Jack, for this episode. In this episode, we are going to cover all things NBA draft, talk about some of the winners, talk about some of the losers, talk about a recap of the top five picks. Um, and we're lucky uh, to have to have a host like Dan, who who is our Cavs fan, who has a bit more of you know his ear ear to the floor when it comes to the draft, as he, as he said in in one of our texts, um, you know it's it's the biggest day of the year for Cavs fans, <laughs> and for that we will I'll give I'll give you Dan, and he's going to recap those top five picks for you. Thanks, Johnny, for that introduction. Uh, obviously, don't know if we like to look forward to the draft this much. It's the biggest event of the year, but we'll get going. <laughs> um, all right, for these top five picks, um, honestly, the first three went about as expected. Um, Minnesota taking Anthony Edwards. I like the pick first off overall just because he did have the talent to justify a number one overall selection, and his fit was much cleaner with that Tim Rolls roster with D'Angelo Russell and then Cat. Uh, as well. So I like the pick there. Um, even though maybe no one really wanted the first overall pick this year, I think it's a clean fit for them. And he's a high upside player that could maybe fit in well with that uh, young core. Um, Golden State going at two with James Wiseman. Um, I really like the fit here as well. Just it made a lot of sense for their roster. Jack, what do you think about this pick with James Wiseman going to Golden State? Yeah, I mean, when you look at the Warriors teams over the years uh, with the, their dynasty, kind of the odd position out has always been their center. Like, they've never had, like, a stellar center when you compare to the likes of Steph, Clay, KD, or Draymond. Um, and I think Wiseman is exactly what they needed. He's, I mean, he's got great athletic frame, really good skill set, quick, agile, um, kind of exactly what they needed. Um, he's got the potential to be a franchise center. And I think when you put him on the court with guys like Steph and Draymond, there's a lot of potential that can happen there. Yeah, I totally agree with you, Jack. Those are some excellent points. And Wiseman, I think, is such a high upside player to kind of bridge that gap for that, that next generation of sustained success that the Warriors want to see. Um, so I do like the selection there. At number three, we had Charlotte taking LaMelo Ball. Again, um, kind of an obvious pick here. They needed some star kind of talent. And LaMelo is the highest upside prospect, arguably, in this entire draft class. So I like the pick for Charlotte. Johnny, what do you want to touch on about LaMelo Ball? How do you like this fit in Charlotte? Yeah, you know, I think I think you touched on it perfectly there. They just needed a star there. They haven't had one since, I mean, Kemba only left a year ago, but it feels like two years with, with COVID and the NBA shutting down and things like that. But um, Kemba wasn't even a, a, a face of the NBA type of star. Where um, LaMelo, I mean, the Ball brothers have been in the spotlight since their days at Chino Hills. Um, and whether you think he's the best player or not, um, you know, I think ESPN posted something like, season ticket sales went up uh you know 40 plus percent um as soon as Lamelo was drafted in charlotte so they needed something yeah yeah it is crazy so they needed something to to make it work and um hopefully hopefully he can show up because i think i think he does have the most potential out of anyone in the draft and i'd love to see him succeed in, in trying to take that franchise back to the playoffs at least yeah no i agree with you and it'd be great to see charlotte kind of get a relevant piece again because at least with Walker they were a lot of fun to watch they couldn't really build the right pieces around them but um, maybe they can get it right with LaMelo Ball this time around if he actually pans out as that 
that high impact player that a lot of people think he can be. At number four, we had Patrick Williams going to Chicago. Um, we will dive a little bit deeper into this selection later because it was kind of a shock, um, but a super high upside prospect for the Bulls to take kind of reach on. And um, after that top three, no one really knew what was going to happen. So high upside pick by the Bulls. It could pan out, could not. We'll kind of talk on that a little bit later. And then rounding out the top five, we had Cleveland selecting Isaac Okoro. Um, there was a lot of rumors about maybe Obi Toppin here or Denny, um, but Okoro another young prospect, only a freshman, so 18, 19 years old again, to kind of fit in with that young core that they have going. Excellent defender, and as one of the worst defensive teams in the league, one guy is not going to change that, but at least it's a step in the right direction, someone they can throw out an opposing um, best player. So I like the selection here, a really athletic player for the Cavs um, to kind of go out there and make an impact. And he doesn't really need the ball in his hands like some of their most recent draft picks need. So I like the selection there from Cleveland. Do you think do you think Okoro is going to start immediately for you guys, or or will you you see what see what he is on day one? I think for it's tough with all of these rookies, especially not getting like a summer league or really a full training camp. Like they have to go dive in, and they have maybe like a couple of weeks before the season starts. But I do think that Okoro has a chance to start from day one just because of his defensive activity, um, and I think it's just because they don't have a, a guy like that on the win at all and so that's why I think he could get the nod it's like he's gonna have to earn it though with bigger staff at head coach like it's not going to be handed to him um so though I think he has a really good shot especially since Jetty is the only one on the wing that could really mm-hmm. maybe have a case over him but Okoro doesn't need the ball as much and he can really make an impact defensively I think he can just fly around and be a good impact starter yeah good good to yeah good to know I mean definitely definitely an interesting top five uh yeah Williams was the surprise I guess you could say out of that top top five but uh top three went you know the way we the way we thought it would um like you said with Edwards I like I like the point you made with Edwards how he slides in perfectly um with that Timberwolves roster finally gives them a shooting guard to hopefully make a big three um with Cat and D'Lo um so we will see we're we're all excited to uh, to see how these top five picks perform um, with that being said, Dan, who are some who are some overall winners, though, whether it be teams or players um, from the NBA draft? Yeah, um, I think my first my first winner is Sacramento. I think getting the prospect like Tyrese Halliburton out of Iowa State um, was just an absolute steal for them. He was a guy that was projected to go anywhere from, I think, the 6 to 10 range. So him falling to 12, I'm not sure how it happened, really, because when you hear about um, – scouts and talent evaluators and even general managers talking about some of these prospects. Halliburton was one of the most like loved and respected prospects in this class. Everyone loved his style of play, um, high floor and high ceiling guy, really high basketball IQ. Mm. So I think he can contribute all across the board. I like his fit next to Fox too. Fox is like such a speedy and dynamic player and Halliburton is more of like a a slower pace playmaker. Um, Mm -hmm. So I kind of like the, the combination there I think it's just like a, a great selection by Sacramento and you know sometimes we haven't really seen them knock these picks out of the park so I think yeah. getting a guy like Halliburton um, was a really really great pickup for the Sacramento Kings going on to my next winner um, I do like Philly and I mm-hmm. think we'll touch on Philly um, in one of our next episodes coming up on free agency um, so make sure everyone to tune into that. But Philly, just looking at the draft, Tyrese Maxey at 21 
I thought was excellent. He was another prospect that was supposed to go lottery and falling at 21 just felt like a steal. He's a really great athlete, uh, great perimeter defender, and he's a scorer, like a volume scorer. So if he kind of gets hot, like he can get going a little bit. And so again, getting a high upside player, but a guy that I think can kind of slide into a role that mm-hmm. is that is built for him. Like he doesn't have to go in and be more of a playmaker than he is. He can kind of be at score, impact defender. Um, and so I think it's going to be a nice situation for him to contribute on a well-rounded ro- like Philly roster. Mm-hmm. And then rounding out my, my third winner, Boston Celtics, um, Aaron Naismith at 14, and then Pritchard, Peyton Pritchard at 26, I think was just excellent selections for them. Uh, Naismith was a knockdown shooter, 52% from three-point percentage last season. Mm-hmm. So, And then Pritchard, uh, just amazing floor general for four years at Oregon. Um, lights out shooter, super, super underrated playmaker. So I think him being able to come in, get calm presence, floor spacing, and excellent playmaker for that Celtics team. I know um, they did bring in some other plays in free agency, but I like both of these guys' ability to just be high floor guys because yeah. the Celtics have their stars. So getting guys that don't necessarily need the ball to make an impact and can just contribute in that nice like role player um setting and these are these are good prospects so i i did like what the boston celtics did mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. jack what do you think about about pritchard heading heading east to boston as our as our resident duck fan on on the podcast as a yeah as the resident duck fan here it was pretty exciting to see him get picked and especially chosen there because i think boston's a really good situation i mean dan highlighted it already i think he's a really good fit there um they really need they needed uh, a backup point guard that could um, contribute uh, to backup Kemba and, like Dan said, provide some spacing and also like some uh, instant offense as well. I mean, watching him in Oregon, especially this last year, um, the dude just gets buckets and he creates <laughs> offense for others. And um, I think that's something the Celtics really needed, especially off the bench. I mean, uh, like Dan said, they got their stars and like their starters, they're pretty set in that area, but their bench was a bit of a weak point mm-hmm. uh, aside from like Marcus Smart. Um, so you got a guy like Pritchard who can create offense really easily and just work. Um, I think he's really going to be uh, exciting to watch. Safe to say I'll be watching some Celtics games this year. <laughs> I'm sure Ben will be happy about that. No, I'll say, I'll say the thing with Pritch is that, um, you know, he's, he's just a boy, he's a born winner. He's been a winner since, since high school days, um, in, into college and, and adding that into the culture of Boston was a perfect fit for them. Um, you know, I'll chime in with some actual individual players from the draft that I thought that I thought were winners personally. Um, the first one I'm going to start with is, a uh, Denny Avila. Apologies if I butcher that name to our listeners. Um, but I, I think that was a great pick for Washington. I think it's a great opportunity for him. Um, I think he's going to, you know, make an impact almost immediately. Uh, they don't have a lot of wing or, or forward depth uh, necessarily in Washington. And, um, you know, if Washington ends up keeping Brad and John Wall, uh, people forget that when John Wall was last healthy with Bradley Beal, they were a top three team in the East. So uh, they're going to need him to play minutes. They're going to need him to to contribute. Um, and who knows, with, with uh, Davis Perton signs as well, and we'll get touch into that a little bit more in, in the upcoming free agency episode, um, you know, maybe, maybe yeah, who knows? Who knows? Maybe they're still a top, top four, top five team in the East. 
Um, the second name I was to talk about is Obi Toppin, going to New York. Um, similar story here with Obi as LaMelo in terms of just box office. Um, the Knicks needed someone, man. <laughs> I had to get someone. <laughs> like, uh, they, they, they just – Julius is not it. Mitchell Robinson is not it. Todd Gibson is not it. Kevin Knox is not it. Frank Milakina is not it. But Obi – yeah, I mean, I, I, the dunks, his dunks during college were on my Instagram page. That's all I'll say. So that's how I know about him, right? So, so maybe that can sell some tickets for them, and I think he'll have a great opportunity to carry that franchise forward. Um, who knows if, 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 you know, if you can develop a bit more of a jumper, who knows, you know, you'd be a great stretch big and, and things like that. And then my last one that I'll say is actually Cole Anthony uh, going to the Magic. Um, so I think this is another pick that's a bit under the, under the radar, um, in terms of, uh, you know, Anthony can be a really impactful player and the magic just needs something out of the backcourt. Um, it's, you know, they got Markel and, and, you know, I'm not going to label Markel a bus per se, but, um, Number hasn't one lived up to his expectations. Yeah, yeah. Number one pick <laughs> hasn't done much over there. Um, so, so who knows, right? Maybe, maybe Markel and Cole can start something, you know, start something up again. Um, Dan or Jack, anything to chime in with, with some of those winners that I mentioned? I do like uh, the fit with Obi in New York. You know, um, they haven't had a lot of success with draft picks. Like Mitchell Robinson is, I think, a really intriguing piece, but he's not going to anchor your franchise. I think he's just going to fit in really well. Um, RJ Barrett. Showed flashes last season, but he needs some scoring help. And I think Obi is just like an electric scorer. He can contribute yep. on an offensive end from day one. And like you said, as long as his three-point jumper, which looked good at Dayton last year, can translate to the NBA um, range. Like he could be a really high-impact offensive player from day one. Um, so I do love the fit there. I think Danny going to nine at Washington when he was considered by some to be a lock to be a top five. Mm-hmm. is a good pick for them, especially a franchise that I think needs it. The only thing I'll say with Danny is for a team that kind of needs to to really build a winner now for Brad mm-hmm. and John, if they're going to yeah. roll with those two guys, or even if you just roll with Brad, like they need they need impact players. Yeah. And Danny is someone who might take a little bit more time um, as a prospect, even though I like him a lot in his game. Um, but who knows, maybe Washington, like he'll pan out great play next to those two guys. Or maybe it just be a little bit too much too soon for him. It'll be interesting to see. Um, but overall, like it was a good selection for the Wizards. Um, I like the selection at nine. So, so with that being said, and, and we've gone over some winners in terms of the teams, winners in terms of individual, you know, rookies who, who could get a shot to break out. Um, Dan, who are some sleeper teams that had just sneaky good good drafts um, overall that you think oh you know, a couple of years, maybe you'll look back and say, ah, they actually got a good player in the second round or in the first round or whatnot. Yeah, no. And I love sleeper picks. That's why I love drafts. It's like, you know, you can yeah. get guys anywhere that can contribute. And every single year we'll come away from draft and be like, how did that guy fall so far? Mm-hmm. So it's like um, my first takeaway, I just love the Spurs draft. Obviously yep. the Spurs know what they're doing when it comes to drafting the impact players and developing them. Uh, Devin Fassell at 11 was, I think, just awesome. He's a nice – like, people keep saying he's, like, a 3-and-D player. But um, it's, like, in Florida State's offense, they just don't get, a, I think, a lot of shine mm-hmm. um, to really flash their offensive, like, solo skill sets too much um, to where he could maybe even be a better prospect than just this 3-and-D label that he's getting. But at the least, he's 
he's an impact player, I think, right off the gate. Um, and then Trey Jones, just a winner at Duke. Uh, yeah. Amazing defender. One of the best defenders in the draft class and can kind of bring in some nice playmaking off the bench. So I like him as well. Um, another sleeper, um, Johnny, you and I were talking about this earlier before the episode, but the Warriors getting Nico mm-hmm. um, in the second round, I think was a great pick. You know, a nice freshman season for him at Arizona. He fell farther than I thought he would, um, but I do like the selection there. Um, another late pick in the first round that I do like was Malachi Flynn going to Toronto. Mm-hmm. Really, really impactful player at San Diego State. Like, had an incredible year there. And yeah. just um, everyone around the draft was loving him as a prospect. And um, I think he has a chance to really, like, go to a great culture in Toronto and learn from guys like Kyle Lowry, Fred Van Fleet, and contribute, mm-hmm. especially with Van Fleet and Lowry both in the starting lineup now. He could be a nice, like, floor general off the bench for them. So I think he'll fit in well with that roster, be able to contribute. And then my last sleeper was New Orleans getting uh, Kyra Lewis Jr. at 13. And it's kind of this 13 to 20 range that we usually find, like, one really good player in the draft. (laughs) (laughs) And I like Kyra Lewis Jr. a lot. A lot of people – I know in one of our previous episodes, um, our draft expert that came on, Derek Murray, was talking about how Kyra Lewis Jr. could be compared to, like, De'Aaron Fox but he's just not getting the love that De'Aaron Fox got at Kentucky because he's at Alabama. But this, like, super skilled, uh, fast scorer that I think could really come in and contribute to that New Orleans team. Um, He's going to have to, like, put on some muscle. He's a little skinny, but um, high upside player. And I think with Lonzo being able to, like, work on that jump shot and is, like, still a high upside defender and playmaker, his kind of blend of scoring could mesh well. Where it's just, like, another high upside pick for the – for the Pelicans to take a chance on. So um, overall, those were my my sleeper picks um, that I think deserve just a little bit more love than they were getting. Yeah, no, I definitely I definitely like a couple of those names that you mentioned. Um, I definitely like the deep sleepers you talked about. You know, the ones from the second round. I think those are always the the fun ones to think of. Oh, maybe you know maybe they can make something um, out of themselves. I think Nico's going to get a great opportunity this year. Um, I mean, the Warriors have no shooting. Uh, it's just that's that's the truth of it. Other outside, of we staff. never thought we would say. <laughs> uh, outside of stuff, you know, obviously, you know, prayers up to Clay and his recovery from the Achilles. But um, yeah, who knows? You know, maybe if he can even fill in as a spark plug off the bench. Um, yeah, like you said, Trey is a winner. Uh, we know that about about Trey Jones from Duke. Um, and he's going to a culture that knows quite a bit about winning, <laughs> quite a bit. So it'll be interesting to see, too, how, how the Spurs uh, uh, go because they're kind of in this weird spot of missing the playoffs for the first time in what it feels like my whole lifetime of watching basketball. Um, but they still have DeMar DeRozan, who, you know, I, I'm on record if he was on the East, he'd be an all-star every year. Uh, and I have agree you. You know, and they have LaMarcus aging. So we'll see what they do in San Antonio. Um yeah, so with that being said, Daniel, I'll throw it back to you here. Are there any obvious, you know, big losers from the draft that you see that say, ah, oh, man, they, they tanked it. They, they just didn't do what they needed to in the draft. Yeah, I think the thing with the draft, obviously, it's hard to peg someone as a clear, like, winner and loser right off the get-go because we really don't know how these prospects are going to pan out, at least, like, a couple of years down the road. So I want to put that disclaimer out here. But if you're looking at it just in the present and saying, okay, I don't really understand that pick or – Maybe they could have used someone else. Um, I do have two losers. My first one would be Phoenix. Taking Jalen Smith at 10, 
Um, he was a nice stretch big for Maryland, but I just don't understand picking the selection at 10, especially when you have such a young like franchise piece in DeAndre Ayton already anchoring down the middle for you. So you're spending a top 10 pick on a, on a guy that you know is going to be a backup, mm-hmm. primarily when you have Ayton there. Um, and he was projected to go, I think it was mid to late first round. So it was just kind of like an odd choice, um, especially like we touched on Halliburton falling to 12. Mm-hmm. It would have been a really nice pick to come off the bench, kind of learn from Booker and CP3, and to kind of like pair with Booker when CP3, I think, is eventually, you know, um, kind of retired and done, done in the NBA. So it's just I don't, I don't really understand the pick and think they could have gotten another because they were kind of in desperate need of a future point guard. Chris mm-hmm. Paul is, I think, outstanding for this season. But um, someone to really, like, anchor down that guard position with Booker for years to yeah. come. So I think they kind of missed a shot to do that. Um, granted, the Suns kind of did the same thing last year with Cam Johnson. It was a reach. Mm-hmm. And that one now looks like a good or decent pick, right? So you never know. They might do the same thing again. But as of now, I did mark them as a loser um, yeah. just because I didn't fully understand the fit um, with Jalen Smith at 10. Gotcha. No, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, um, yeah, why draft another big when DeAndre is supposed to be your cornerstone and you're going to need to look elsewhere? I mean, the Suns have kind of been – I mean, if they if they didn't hit on Booker, like you, someone's got to get fired in the Suns front office, you know, because, like, the, no one's actually become a super superstar with all these high lotto picks basically since – for a while now we'll just say for a while now (laughs) um so so other than book obviously um so yeah i I get you i get you there Um, Uh, yeah and that's that's the thing is like booker you got this generational like super awesome offensive talent ayton is a nice piece i think he's underrated just because he went above luca um but it's just when you're in that position and they have a nice roster now to where i think it's like for that point you should have drafted someone that was a little bit more of a need so yeah. um, my other my other loser was Chicago. And my only position for this is just because Patrick Williams at four was something that I don't think anyone really saw coming. Um, everyone was super high on Patrick Williams. He was kind of soaring up draft boards, like the closer and closer we got to the draft. Um, but no one expected him to go four. I mean, granted, after the top three, because this draft was primarily a th- top three prospect draft. And then after that, it got a little bit murky. No one really knew what was going to happen. Um, and Patrick Williams arguably has one of the higher ceilings in the draft. Everyone loves him. He's the young, I think he's one of the youngest, if not the youngest prospect. Yeah. Um, and he's super athletic. You, know, you can really envision him as just this super awesome uh, stretch four. Mm-hmm. But it's just for a guy that was coming off the bench at Florida state last year and select him at the top in the like fourth overall pick um, just seemed like too much of a reach, especially if they really wanted him, maybe they could have tried to trade down, but not a lot of teams are trying to trade up in this scenario. Um, yeah. So I think a guy like Denny would have made a lot of sense at four for Chicago, but yeah, um, I was shocked with actually the lack of lack of trading that we saw on draft. Yeah. No, I agree. Uh, I'm not going to say that's like a loser or anything, but like <laughs> I was surprised because you're right. Like it was so top three heavy that afterwards it was like you could, you could justify anything mm-hmm. <laughs> afterwards almost um, in, in the lottery. But it's, it's also, you know, yeah, it was just a bit of a weak, a weak draft class in general. But, yeah. and, uh, and that's the crazy thing is because like you can't you can justify this pick for Chicago still. 
But it's just like I think I had him as a loser just because no one, I think, really pegged him to go fourth overall. So, um, granted, who knows? Maybe it could pan out. I like Billy Donovan as a coach there now. Um, So, maybe he could kind of get in a better Chicago situation than I think we've seen in the past couple years. Um, But I think I did have Chicago and Phoenix as I kind of – my two big – my big losers as of now for the draft. Um, But, like I said, who knows with these picks – um, they could tan, pan out and just we'll be looking back at this episode and we're like, man, we were off on that. that <laughs> hey, now, we've been off on a couple of things so far in our episode, <laughs> so that's nothing new. That is nothing new. Well, that is going to wrap up this draft recap episode. We really appreciate you guys tuning in and listening. Let us know your, your thoughts and comments uh, uh, while you listen to this podcast. Please like, subscribe, and follow us. And, um, you know, we hope to keep giving you guys content that, that you guys enjoy. Thanks for listening, everyone.